0: everyone, to Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I am your host, Teresa Signorelli, and we are bringing you information about the five areas of child development so parents can empower their children to thrive. And today's Brain in Toyland segment is called, uh, what is it called? Let's see. Oh, <laughs> Crawling, Moving, and More, From Mama's Belly to That First Birthday, and we'll be talking about physical or motor development. And we have Dr. Maureen Sort. I'm sorry, Maureen Sir, who is a pediatric physical therapist here from one of New York's um, most prestigious hospitals. And so welcome, Dr. Maureen. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So can we start off by telling, uh, maybe you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Sure, sure. My name is Maureen Shore, and I am a pediatric physical therapist at Hospital for Special Surgery's CA Technologies Rehabilitation Center. And I know that's a mouthful. So basically what does that mean? Well, physical therapists are experts in human movement and rehabilitation. So we train extensively in anatomy, physiology, biomechanics and and motor control in order to reduce pain, restore function and prevent disability in people. I myself am a board certified pediatric clinical specialist which means that my area of expertise is really pediatric physical therapy. I know often when people think about physical therapy, they think of a therapist instructing a patient to perform three sets of 10 squats or something similar to uh, rehab a a knee injury or something like that. Um, It's very hard for us to imagine an infant needing physical therapy. But as pediatric physical therapists, we treat infants as young as one day old. It's just that our, our techniques will differ a little from adult therapy, obviously. So uh, not only experts in human movement, pediatric physical therapists are really experts in child motor development.
0: Okay. So even though a parent might not need a physical therapist for their child, um, a physical therapist is still a really wonderful resource on what normal development should look like and a wonderful resource for activities that parents might do with their children so those their kids can really thrive and grow wonderfully.
1: Absolutely. You know, wellness and prevention are such a big part of our jobs as physical therapists, so definitely that, that's part of our role.
0: Okay, great. So one of the things you mentioned earlier was motor development. So can you talk to us a little bit more in maybe parent-friendly terms of what that means?
1: Sure. So motor development is the growth and maturation of a child's muscles and movement patterns. Basically, it's how he goes from being a a tiny and helpless newborn, unable to even lift his head, to being a running, jumping, and and skipping active child.
0: Right. So over a relatively short amount of time, children are going to change dramatically. And I guess with those changes, parents must have lots of questions. What's a question you find is one of the most common that parents ask you? Hmm. I would say probably the number
1: one question I hear from parents is, is this normal? Or, you know, someone will say to me, my friend's daughter is crawling all over the house. My child doesn't even seem to be interested in crawling. What am I doing wrong? And, you know, first of all, I think it's so important to understand that children really develop at different rates. So not only only am I a pediatric therapist, but I'm also a mom of two young and and healthy boys. And I tell you, I, I marvel every day at how different two brothers can be. They look differently, they act differently, and they most definitely develop their motor skills on two very different timelines. You know, my, my oldest son, I, as, even as a physical therapist, I thought he was going to be graduating high school before he ever rolled over. And my younger son is just, the way he tumbles and flips around the house, you would think he was training for an Olympic diving team. So I found that watching them grow up, um, even I needed to remind myself that there's a very broad spectrum of normal. For motor skills, and that's some of the things that, that we'll be discussing today, I think. Um, but basically, some children will develop more quickly than others. Some will hone different skill sets at different times. So for an example, you may have a child who is not walking yet when others in her play group are, but she may be talking up a storm and, and actually be much more verbally advanced than her friends. So she's just concentrating her efforts on another piece of development, and her motor skills will eventually follow suit.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point of information for parents, and it it brings up one of the the issues that's important to the show on how all the different areas of development influence each other. Mm -hmm. So if you're very focused on one area of development, there's only so much attention that we have, and so you don't have that much extra attention for a different area of development. Um, So you might see a child who is very physical and not talking as much or talking a lot and not so physical. That's Uh, right. And over time you want to make sure that they're catching up eventually in both. And as you said, we'll talk more about some of the milestones we'll expect. But I think that can answer a lot of questions for parents, too. Absolutely. That's one that I often hear. And mm-hmm. we actually did a show not that long ago with Dr. Michelle McRoy from Hunter College talking about when and how children start talking. And that was a theme that came up there, too. So that's just another resource for, for parents. That's but great. Um, So we talked about... Some common questions what are what do you find parents are often surprised to learn regarding motor development in their kids?
1: You know um, I think one of the most interesting things is how much motor development impacts our movement patterns and skills even into adulthood. Our bones and joints and muscles that that you have as an infant are essentially the same ones that you have an adult as as an adult they just will change and and mature and grow. So it's it's interesting that the abdominal muscles we are working to tone postpartum are really the same ones our babies are working on developing to get crawling and standing and and so as they develop that's going to impact how we develop as adults. Right.
0: Okay. So our babies the babies are working on it so they can walk and crawl and the moms are working on it maybe to fit back into their uh favorite genes perhaps. That's it. We all need to work on our abs and glutes. <laughs>
1: it's a yes. lifelong process. Yes.
0: It is. It is. Um, my my two slip discs are proof of that. <laughs> but um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about a little more about motor skills as they develop through that first year. And one of the things I actually find parents are also surprised to know about development uh, prenatally, so before children are born. So let's let's start there with some milestones that we see in um, babies before they're born.
1: Sure, I I think that's great. Um, I find prenatal development incredibly fascinating. So we have uh, legs will begin forming by the fourth week of gestation, and between six and eight weeks, that's when your joints will, will begin to emerge. So by the time an embryo can officially be called a fetus, which is around eight weeks of gestation, the majority of the muscles present in the adult body may be identified in the fetus. That just blows my mind, I mean, to think that, At that point in time, many women don't even know that they're pregnant, and already the the fetus has all the muscles that uh, he will have as an adult, and that's just, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It is, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing that I find really interesting is that by one year of age, a child has all his muscle cells already formed. So now, obviously, uh, throughout his life, those muscles will continue to grow and, and develop uh, based on hormone levels and, and how much exercise we do. You know, we can always get our biceps bigger or, you know, tone our glutes better, but the actual number of cells is there by the time we're one year old. So a lot is going on just from from conception on. It's just a, a crazy period of, of rapid growth and change.
0: Right, right. So after... Um the child is born, there's a a phase, a newborn phase. Can you talk to us about what we would expect there in terms of motor development? Sure. So when
1: you're talking about a a newborn, a full-term infant, and um, most of what I say today will really be geared towards the the full-term infant. You know, obviously there are little exceptions when we have a child who is preterm. But basically when a full-term infant is born, he has what's known as physiologic flexion. So essentially, this baby has been curled up inside of mom for the last nine months. When he emerges, his arms and legs will stay in that kind of flexed position where he's most comfortable, and that's how we get the term fetal position. So in this position, um, a newborn is able to turn his head side to side to clear his airway as a matter of survival, but he's really limited in what he can do. Um, But because he is able to turn his head side to side, that's why caregivers can begin supervised tummy time right there in the hospital. And I I think that's something that we often forget. We get very hung up on making sure that the baby's on his back. But as long as the the parents or the caregivers are are watching and and monitoring the baby, he is absolutely appropriate and safe to be on his belly, um, either on his chest as you lie on your back or over your lap, Um, and as long as you're watching him, he... He is safe, and you can see him try and begin to lift his head as he turns his head from side to side so he can breathe or so he can suckle. And he's already beginning to stretch and strengthen those muscles in this position. So it's, it's really quite incredible what a, even a newborn infant can do.
0: Right, so those are things that parents um, could and really should be looking for Yes. to make sure um, their child is developing on par and, and as they should. Mm-hmm. So how about the next phase? Um, maybe one to two months um age range which what would we want to see there in typically developing children okay, well,
1: around one to two months of age, now the baby has been out in the world for a little bit he 's feeling the effects of every sensory input imaginable um on in the environment, and especially he 's feeling the effects of gravity it 's really the first time he 's been exposed to that. So that means that her muscles are going to be getting longer. She's going to be stretching out her joints, and she's going to start to lose some of that physiologic flexion. You know, as um, our babies move and are held in different positions, the gravity will start to stretch them out a little bit. Now, at this point, this is when our babies start to look a little disorganized and asymmetrical in their movements, and that's because they are gaining this increased motion at their arms and their legs, their head and their neck, but they're not yet able to really coordinate their movements. So they they tend to have these bursts of movement. You know, you see them, it looks a little frantic sometimes, sometimes. But at that point, one to two months, on their tummies or on your shoulder, babies should really begin to elevate their heads and necks to about 45 degrees off the horizontal surface. They are, at this age, able to bring their hands to their mouths to soothe themselves. And this is a really fun time because, at this point, babies are able to engage with you using their facial expressions. So this is really when it gets exciting.
0: Right. So you'd mentioned um, lifting their heads and necks to about 45 degrees. Um, mm-hmm. So off a horizontal surface. So if they're on um, a mat on the floor or even on their bed, about can you? About how many inches might that be off the ground that a parent can get can gauge what 45 degrees might be?
1: You know, I would say at, at that point, the baby's still going to hold his weight on his, his chest. Um, you're not going to see him really lifting his whole body up at all, but you'd see his head come up maybe about two, two inches or so so he can look around, three inches. Just, it's, okay. it's really just at this age, it's his head that's coming up, nothing more than that.
0: Right, right. Okay, great. So then the next age range, maybe three to four months, what would we see in typically developing children? Okay, so at this time,
1: babies are beginning to organize themselves a little bit better. You're going to start to see more symmetrical movements emerge. Uh, they will grasp their toys, and they'll attempt to uh, reach out for both with both arms for them. They are able to bring their hands together in front of them, or what uh, therapists like to call midline. And at this point, they're beginning to roll from their belly to their back. So... Around three months, if you grasp a baby's hands and and you pull him from lying down on his back to sitting up, he should be able to hold his head fairly steadily at this point rather than letting it lag behind his body. So that's something you want to be looking for. By the time he's four months old, when you do this kind of pull-to-sit maneuver, um, he should be pulling on his arms and and your fingers to kind of assist himself in coming up to you.
0: Okay, so I actually have a question when you mentioned seeing more symmetrical movements, and reaching Mm -hmm. with both arms. Mm -hmm. So if your child – what if your child was only just reaching with one arm? What would that tell you?
1: You know – Um, At this age, so around that four-month mark, if you're finding a child to, uh, you know, really say, oh, my child's already so left-handed, it's amazing, that's not really something that, that we're looking for at this point. We do want him using both arms equally or kicking equally with both legs against gravity. So if you find your child's only moving one side or seems to be much more, dominant on one side or stronger on one side, then I think that's a time to go to your pediatrician with uh, that question and say, you know, I notice he, when I put him in his, on his play mat, he's swatting at the toys with his left arm furiously, but his right arm just really hangs at his side. What do you think is going on there? And, and you know, it's, it's always good to have that conversation with your pediatrician, or you can certainly consult a, a pediatric physical or occupational
0: therapist on the matter. Right, because it's, it's too early for them to be establishing dominance, yeah.
1: It definitely is, yeah. We really, at, at that age, you know, you want to see them taking both hands and reaching towards their knees, getting their legs up together, because that's what's going to initiate that movement into rolling. And, and at this age, we call it the age of symmetry. So
0: that's okay. what we're looking for. Great. Great. So uh, the next age range of five to six months, what would we want to see in children at that range? So around
1: five to six months, children begin rolling back and forth between their belly and back and back to belly. And they're going to begin to use rolling as a means of getting from here to there. So you definitely want to make sure by this age that your living environment is baby-proofed. It's, it's incredible how quickly your baby can go from just quietly lying there on his blanket to being your own personal Roomba covering every inch of your floor in seconds flat. They really can move. So. Um, and it happens. It changes within a day sometimes. So um, a very exciting time, but uh, definitely be prepared for it. Um, And also at this age, it's it's a fun time because your baby can really entertain herself while playing on her tummy. So at this point, she should be very strong and comfortable there. She can prop up on her hands and push her elbows straight. So she's really lifting her head and chest off the floor at this point in time. This is when um, babies begin sitting on their own. Initially, uh, beginning around four months, they will try and prop themselves up in a, a tripod position. So uh, they'll be leaning forward over their legs and supporting themselves on their hands. As uh, their muscles develop and their their tushy muscles get a little stronger, they're going to that's going to pull their pelvis into a, a more upright position, which leads to a, a straighter, um, more upright back. And eventually, the child will begin sitting independently around six months. Great.
0: And um, I guess the point you made about Baby proofing is a real important one, <laughs> and Absolutely. I think that might even yeah we should, I'll, I'll look down the road to do a segment on that because I'm sure there are lots of questions parents may have there and probably thoughts that professionals have on what works versus uh, maybe what works better than some other methods. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. So um, then let let's carry on and the next age range of about seven to eight months. What would we want to see motorically from our kids?
1: So now, at this age, um, our babies are really becoming much more comfortable and confident where they're sitting.
0: Their arms are more free,
1: and they're going to start finger feeding a little bit more. While they're sitting, you're going to see your baby start to shift his weight and, and kind of move more in, in different positions and sitting, so that around um, nine months, the baby is really out, able to reach out of his base of support, pick up a toy, and come back to sitting. Um, without actually, without toppling over. So um, important to know that uh, baby's protective reactions will develop over time. So again, they start this independent sitting around six months, but they begin first to get their protective responses with their hands out in front and then to the sides to kind of catch themselves when they fall. Um, But keep in mind that the posterior reactions are really the last ones to come, and that really doesn't happen until about 10 months. So that means that even though your baby's sitting and, and a very confident sitter and likes to do it, just be careful that he's not going to fall over backwards because it definitely takes longer for him to develop the, the skill to get his hands back there to protect himself. Okay. Now, another exciting thing that happens at this time is that you're going to see your baby start to commando crawl or uh, kind of pull himself along his on the floor on his belly, uh, kind of like the army crawl there. Um they're also going to begin to push up onto their hands and knees and initiate this rocking back and forth on their hands and knees. And what they're doing there is they're really learning to balance their flexor and extensor muscles. They're uh, getting that sensation into their joints and feeling where they are in space and learning to stabilize themselves, all in preparation to begin to crawl. Um, they're also starting to pull to stand at this time. And they'll start, if you hold their hands, they'll start to bounce a little bit. And, again, experiment with their joint movements and, and their muscle control in that position. So a lot's happening, really, at this this phase.
0: Yeah. I, I What I like about this stage, as you were mentioning earlier, I think really also as they're sitting and can start, to then have their arms free to to interact more, and yeah. you mentioned finger feeding, um, and that's really important nutritionally, obviously. And um, I, again, I think it shows how all the different areas of development feed into one, uh, feed into one each other, <laughs> feed into one another. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So, what about the next age range of about nine to ten months? What what we want to see? Sure. So
1: here, they're really refining their crawling on their hands and knees they're starting to master that movement of getting the opposite hand moving with the opposite leg and um, getting a little rotation at their trunk so that they're able to tackle bigger obstacles like crawling upstairs
0: Um, so what do you mean at their trunk can you explain that a little more so, um,
1: in order to crawl, if you were going to be on your hands and knees and you wanted your left arm to move with your right leg just like we would be crawling along, you need some rotation that happens at your spine. So when we say trunk, we 're really thinking about the segment from your shoulders to your hips. So as babies start to figure out this balance, they get a little rotation going on at their spine, which uh, is important not only for crawling but when you walk that's uh that happens, and that's why we swing our our arms with our opposite arm and opposite leg, and especially common in runners. So, um, you know, as adults, some of us may have had running injuries, and our, our physical therapist may have spoken to us about, actually, we need to look at your spine as we're talking about your your hip or your knee. and So it's really interesting how it all plays together.
0: Yeah. And um, all right. So anything else for that age, or should we move on to 11
1: to 12? Well, um, other things that happen around the 9 to 10-month range, they um, children are getting more skilled at pulling to stand. They can kind of transition up with one leg and then the other. Um, they'll start to cruise along furniture, meaning they'll hold on to the furniture and with two hands and kind of walk along the, the couch or the coffee table. Um, at this age... Uh, we were talking about finger feeding before. At this age, they've really become very good at manipulating objects with their hands, and they turn into human vacuum cleaners. So they'll find whatever speck of dust is on the floor or, you know, that lost Cheerio, they'll find it and, um, and scoop <laughs> it right up. <laughs> and grab it. <laughs>
0: great, great. So how about um, in that, that last uh, month or so in that first year of life, that 11 to 12-month age range, what would we expect here? Okay, so uh, again, in typical development, babies
1: again are becoming increasingly independent. So there's this drive to to be upright and to be independent. So as they're cruising along the furniture, they're going to start letting go with one hand. They'll start turning their bodies away from whatever they're holding on to as they uh, get stronger and experiment with their own balance. Um, At this point, they may actually start standing on their own without any support, and they might take their first steps. So basically as their bodies get stronger and they gain more control over themselves in this nice upright position they're going to begin moving more easily you'll see them experimenting moving from squatting to standing as as they strengthen their muscles and gain control over them
0: All right great so I guess in a nutshell what are the what are the big milestones that happen at at all these different age ranges
1: Sure in a nutshell uh for a full term uh typically developing infant um, and again, remember this is a, a broad spectrum, it's it's a range, but I would say the big things that happen are rolling, you expect to see between 4 and 6 months, uh, sitting will mature between 6 and 9 months, uh, crawling on hands and knees probably between 8 and 10 months, and then walking, we we give you a range of probably from around from 12 to 18 months.
0: Okay, great. And as I had mentioned earlier, we're focusing on that birth to 12-month range now, but Maureen, we'd love to have you back to talk about that um, that next phase of life and and motor development where we can talk more about running, skipping, and all that kind of fun stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little more about activities uh, that parents can do with their children and maybe toys that they can use with them um, that can help foster good motor development um, at each of these general age ranges. What do you say?
1: Okay. Um, I think it's important to remember two things when playing with your baby. Number one, and and I know I've heard this on your show before, Dr. T, you are your baby's favorite toy. So. Try not, you know, as parents, as caregivers, we get so hung up on having the latest toy that comes out on the market or providing something that has so many bells and whistles that it can almost be overwhelming to your child. You know, the best thing you can do is just interact with your baby. Um, Sing songs, make funny faces, you want to cuddle with them, get on the floor and play with them. These are really the best games you can ever play. The other thing I'd like you to remember is that, Everything in the world is amazing and new to your child. So, you know, we often joke that babies will play more with the box that a toy comes in than with the actual toy, but this is so true. You know, toys don't have to come from the store. There are plenty of things around your house that will just bring delight and fascination to your child. So whether that's an open, unopened box of pasta that becomes a, a rhythm instrument or just this amazing rainbow of clothes and textures that your child will find when you show her your closet. You know, keep in mind that, that toys are, are can be very, very simple. But that being said, um, when we're looking at our specific ages, so from kind of birth to three months, um, at that point, around one to two months of age, I would say babies are able to focus their vision about 10 inches in front of them, and newborns will respond best to contrast. So whether that is black and white patterns on soft blocks, or even the contrast between your hairline and your face, that's going to stimulate your infant. So what you need to do is just engage your baby at that distance, kind of that 8 to 10-inch mark, um, using contrasting colors or bright patterns. And by around three months of age, they should be comfortably tracking these objects with their eyes.
0: And so by tracking, you mean that they should be following those objects right. as they move yeah. about? Okay. Mm-hmm. What about what about for children in the three to six month range? What are some things you could recommend?
1: Well, this is a great time to introduce a play mat or a busy gym. At this age, children are rolling; they're exploring their environments on both their backs and their tummies. So, you want to provide toys on the mat as well as hanging some overhead to really encourage your baby to reach for and swipe at. Uh, a variety of different textures and and just toys that they can really get their hands on or their mouths on to explore. Um, Another great thing for this age range is mirrors. They're a great source of entertainment for babies. They love to look at faces, and and especially their own. I mean, who could blame them? They're so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, milestones to expect at this age, and rolling is one of them. So to encourage your baby to roll... Uh, You can place socks with rattles on on the toes or or fancy, you know, brightly colored animals on the toes so that it encourages the baby to lift his legs up. We talked about that symmetrical movement. So we want him to first get his hands to his knees and then his hands to his toes. And that's how babies start rolling. You know, they they engage their abdominal muscles as they raise up their legs, and then they kind of tip over to one side. And and then they, they get it, and they say, ooh. Now now I'm over here. <laughs> this is fascinating. And, and that's what what starts to encourage them to roll. They get their legs up and over, and, and they, they go from side to side. And then you can also have some toys around so to the side of your baby so that when he does get up and over and, and is on his side, oh, he sees something he's interested in. Now at this age, he is reaching, so he's going to start to reach out towards it, and that's going to continue that roll over to his belly. So... Uh, you know, get him interested in his toes and then get something exciting, whether it's your face or a toy, and, and he'll roll over uh, to encourage him to roll over on his side.
0: Yeah. Um, a good point you make that I think people may not realize is how much the parents can manipulate the environment by putting toys in different places and um, giving them, you know, as you mentioned, placing socks on their feet to get them to do something. That could be really helpful and really instrumental to making sure Children are really getting a wide variety of experiences.
1: Absolutely, I mean that—that that is what makes up my job because I can't sit through three sets of ten. So right. I need to kind of manipulate the environment to be enticing to uh, a child, nor an infant, to to really get him to move the way that I'd like him to move, and and that is that's the best way. And you know, mom and dad are are the best motivators
0: out there. Yep, for sure, for sure. And the cat's so tail is the, always good oh. too. Yes, the poor kitty. (laughs) So how about that six-month-to-year range? What are some activities you could suggest?
1: Okay. Well, at this age, our babies are becoming much more mobile,
0: and they can really play with toys
1: now, so it's a super fun time. Um At this point, you want to offer your child some larger and sturdier toys that he can use to hold on to or prop himself up on while he's learning to sit um A lot of new sitters, I like to use stackable rings or you know a fish tank that he can take plastic fish in and out of something that he can kind of lean his body on or or hold his hands on to hold himself up as he learns to um manipulate the toys you know pop blocks or um, containers that they go in that are, are great things for children as they're learning to use their arms and their hands and also their bodies to hold themselves upright. And then, as your child becomes more interested in being upright, you want to provide him uh, a great thing to do is is give him one of those adjustable activity tables. So these are you know low tables that would be about child height for if a 12 month old were standing, and their legs can be taken on and off. So it's great. This toy can really grow with your child. So you can take all the legs off and have a nice tummy time toy, just a flat table surface. When you have a child that's sitting, you just put two legs on, so the actual table surface is kind of on an angle resting on on the floor so that as your child sits, he can play um, with the different buttons and levers. And then as your child begins pulling to stand, you have the four legs on, so he's got a nice steady surface that he can pull himself up on, and then once he gets there, he's got all the bells and whistles to entertain himself with um on this table. And then just with new walkers, you know, they love uh push toys, so things like shopping carts or strollers or wheelbarrows. And um, you know, if, if you don't have one, they're gonna find your kitchen chairs and move them across the the floor. So anything <laughs> like that that gets them up and moving.
0: Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. So that brings us to the first year of life. Um so in the in the final segment I'd love to ask the professionals to talk to families about their top five fabulous facts uh, to provide healthy, safe motor fun um, for their children. So can you bring us through um, your favorite things to suggest to families?
1: Sure, sure. Well, number one, and and we talked about it already, is Tummy time, tummy time, tummy time. Um, I absolutely can't stress this enough. Parents and caregivers should just feel comfortable placing their babies on their tummies, just even beginning in the hospital. So as long as your infant is supervised, tummy time is a safe, healthy, and important way to play with your baby and to encourage proper development. It's going to help your infant lengthen and strengthen his muscles. It's going to promote exploration of his environment. It's gonna help him to achieve his age-appropriate motor skills. So, tummy time, number one that I can recommend. The second thing I would say is. Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses. Don't make yourself crazy. Um, Things like gym and music classes or trips to the park should be about bonding and having fun with your baby while she's exposed to to new experiences. So please, as, as parents or caregivers, don't stress yourself if one child appears to be doing more than your child. You know, we know that growth and development happen differently for everybody, and that but that being said, if you do have a concern about your child's physical development, absolutely do not hesitate to contact your pediatrician or consult a pediatric physical or occupational therapist just to um, either they can give you ideas on activities or, or things to do to promote uh, development in your child, or they can allay your fears and say, don't worry, totally age-appropriate, or they, they may say, you know what, I think you're right. You Parents and caregivers know their children best, Um we're going to explore this further, so absolutely it's pediatricians are are there, and they expect your phone calls and and um so so do pediatric physical and occupational therapists we're We're here to help you, so any concerns don't hesitate
0: right and and that PD, uh that pediatrician's on the front lines they're meeting with the families most often and and they do know a tremendous amount about babies, but when we're talking about motor development, it's really those physical therapists and occupational therapists who who truly understand these aspects of motor development and could give the best advice.
1: That's right. You know, this is um this is what we do. <laughs> we we know uh human movement and motor control inside and out and um we're very happy and and love to talk about typical and and atypical movement, so um definitely don't hesitate to contact us. Great. Um so my other tips, I would say, definitely you want to avoid keeping your baby in any kind of equipment that limits his ability to move on his own. So, in a newborn, we're talking about um, uh, those infant seats, the the baby carriers that go from the car to the stroller to the kitchen table. You know, uh, you really need to limit their time in that. Um, same thing with swings or exercisers. Now don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for this equipment. Um, definitely, as, as parents and caregivers, we, we need to use the restroom. Uh, we need to cook dinner, um, and we, you do need a safe and entertaining place for your baby, so I'm not saying don't use them all together, but just, uh, just make sure you're using this kind of equipment in moderation.
0: Right. It's we had a segment. Uh, if I can jump in for a second, not sure. that long ago, with Dr. Um, Dr. Marita Black, who's also another physical therapist, and we talked about the container baby syndrome. Yes. And so how these wonderful containers that make life easier in some ways can also then cause some challenges for us and for our children in their development. So I'm glad you brought that up.
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely. You know, another thing we spoke about earlier today is baby-proofing your home. So you always need to do it earlier than you think you need to. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly your, your once-sedentary newborn becomes a mover and a shaker. Um, so things like outlets, extension cords, stairs, sharp corners, and there are just a myriad of, of choking hazards that lurk in your home. So if you don't get to them early on, rest assured your baby will find them for you. <laughs> so um, definitely yeah. make that a priority. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a, safety is a big concern, and and the fact that you say that you should do it earlier than you think you may need to is an, probably an important takeaway. And I, I think we'll look to do another segment about that. So sure. um, uh, <laughs> that's important. Thank you for that one too. Absolutely. Um, and then, how about your fifth favorite fact for families? What would you say?
1: So you know, the last thing I would say is just know that you are your child's best friend. So, you know, Dr. T, we all have that friend that just makes us laugh so hard our sides hurt. Or And it's, she, he or she tends to be the same one that you go to if, if you're upset and you need to be comforted. Um, most of us can think of a friend that we have that's just always there for us no matter what. And that's who you are to your baby. So nobody is funnier or more entertaining than you to your baby. I always say I, my children are my best audience. They think I am hilarious whether it's, uh, you know, bursting into song and dance while cooking dinner or blowing tummy raspberries. It is just uh, get down on the floor with your baby who is your best friend and just enjoy each other. So my advice is be silly, be snuggly, um, sing songs, read books, uh, get up and move. Um, This is just such a precious and pivotal time in both your lives. So enjoy every minute of
0: it. Yeah, I, I think that's really great advice. So as as we really wind up, um, if people were interested in contacting you or knowing more about the hospital, can you give us that information and maybe mention your hospital is a wonderful blog for families too. Yes. So what can you tell us about that as we close up?
1: Sure. So you can find us at the Hospital for Special Surgery's website, which is www.hss.edu. Um, and there you can find you can click on our pediatric rehab department there are great resources there there's an excellent tummy time video a video about torticollis um, you can subscribe to our free monthly e-newsletter which gives you a little child development update or some helpful hints um, and then also we have uh, a blog called HSS on the Move and that uh, features daily stories um about health and wellness, uh, rehabilitation, and um, several times a month we have uh, a story with a, a pediatric bent. So you can go and you can view our archives and you can search for pediatrics or you can subscribe to our newsletter and, and you'll get them on a monthly basis.
0: Yeah, that's super. And what I'm going to do, too, is I'll put those links up on the Blog Talk Radio site and on the kids a to Z dot com site. So Excellent. Yeah, so um, so that that ends our show, pretty much. What I always like to end with is welcoming our audience to send us questions they may have about child development, or maybe suggestions for shows that they'd like to see us do. And they can send that to info at kids a to z dot com. That's kidsa to z dot com, and you can also watch. Or watch, listen to these episodes anytime at kidsa2z.com as well. And so that ends today's show of Kids A to Z with Dr. T. I'm your host Teresa Signorelli. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.